after all that um, hullabaloo earlier. Um, so yeah, I'm happy if you've just joined me um, or joined us. Well, you would have just joined us because we've just literally hit the record button. <laughs> so you couldn't have joined anywhere earlier. Thank God you did. You would have had to sit through half an hour of technical issues. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm here with uh, Susanna Silver. Can you pronounce that? Silver Hoy. Hoy. Silver Hoy. I can I never get that. Silver Hoy. Silver Hoy? Silver Hoy. Well, you know, know I actually, I, if, if I would say it in Danish, it would be Silverhoy. All right, okay. I did have someone yeah. else that kept mispronouncing, mispronouncing their name, and they were uh, like a school teacher, you know, constantly correcting oh. me on it. So I just wanted to make sure you're okay with it. Yeah. Anyway. You know, I'm uh, used to it. it. If, you know, <laughs> if, if I'm, I'm stupid enough to have a, a, that kind of letter in my last name you know it's just like it's doomed to fail <laughs> i like it it's just being able to pronounce it you know do it justice yeah, yeah. I like it. yeah. well i i really anyway. don't spend energy on stuff so you know i know you, you, you know you have a good intention that's all <laughs> yeah i know like, I, I obviously get used to zenith and then all, all of my american friends will zenith so and again like, yeah, whatever call me whatever you want don't call me anything yeah. if you want <laughs> It. <laughs> anyway, so uh, obviously I am Zenith, Zenith, whatever, <laughs> and this is the podcast of the Spirit Channel, and I am with the lovely Susanna. So glad to have you on, Susanna. We have tried to make this work so many times, <clears throat> but anyway, for anyone who doesn't know, Susanna is a transformational author of two books, and she's co-authored another five. She's also the co-host of the podcast Live the Impossible Show with husband Oliver. She has many websites, um, which I <laughs> <laughs> had to unravel and try to explore. Oh my God, how much media is this lady involved in? Um, and she's also the co-creator of the website um, HolyLand.me, which is a virtual community for leaders who want to be free. That's correct. And I've actually seen this somewhere before in someone else's thing, but she's also an unfuckable with blogger, which sounds really interesting, doesn't it? I want to be an unfuckable <laughs> with blogger. I'm just an ordinary blogger. Um, she runs virtual communities, uh, or sorry, no, she runs boot camps with tailored programs for individuals. She's an intuitive energy seer. She's a futurist, feminine leadership coach. And has in her quiver many other titles which she can pull and string to your bow and shoot you with um, <laughs> whatever you kind of want. Um, she and husband Oliver have three young kids who use Denmark as a base and travel the world at times, which is really interesting. And I guess uh, very warm welcome to, to you, Susanna. Very warm welcome to this interview which i'm so glad we've got off the ground <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you it's a lovely to to be back and connect with you after i know i know time. well obviously we'll connect with another interview but that's obviously mm. down the line but i wanted because people may recognize you from the previous interview that we done with uh Ulis or ulrika um, and i obviously we have another further interview planned but i wanted to really get to know you i wanted people to get to know you <laughs> away flat um i wanted people to get to, to get to know you because obviously I've, I've done separate interviews with ulrika so i thought 
before we carried on doing another joint interview with her, I wanted uh, people to get to know you, people to get to know a bit of your background and connect with you as a person. Um, and I wanted to speak with you anyway. So here we are. <laughs> Might as well record it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the first thing that I wanted to say, and you didn't actually, this is something that you mentioned, because um, I want to get a bit of your history and a bit of how you came from where you are until the, the, the person that you are now, because reading your bio and reading a bit about you, you have had, held many interesting jobs in many countries and I'm kind of trying to understand how you've went from that to the person that you are doing all of these amazing creative things and providing so much service in the world and I'm kind of wondering at what point did that kick off for you because I know that you've mentioned elsewhere um, in one of the books that you co-authored was like a lot of people you felt that you never belonged here and mm-hmm. um, you felt felt like you were an outsider um it was only then when you kind of woke up and found out that you were a starseed and I'm kind of wondering was that the trigger for you to go down this path of uh spirituality um all of these amazing kind of wonderful things that you did or was that much earlier and just for anyone who doesn't know you were a professor at nutrition and health in Denmark you're a hotel manager in Costa Rica, an actress in New York, um, a heart IQ coach, at high performance and art of feminine presence teacher, and also quite aptly, uh, you're, a, you're a superhero. So I'm kind of wondering for this kind of very long question, where did all that kick off? You know, was that just a part of your journey that you were building up into, or was there a definite shift away from the kind of semi-normal jobs that you've held? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is that uh, I think that I was awake uh, from the beginning, like, and so even my first memory I had, you know, I I could, I remember I was like maybe three, four, or five, something like that, and um, and there was this sense of of being an outsider looking and trying to figure out the game the kids had. So, so, you know, I, I, you know, and then I tried to mimic because it, it felt so alien to me to even what they the games they were playing. And so I always try that strive to try to fit in and change myself mm-hmm. to fit in. And, and that's the way it's just like, I, you know, I was, I was always exploring where is my place on this planet? And I think that that has been the, the thing that has driven me to explore all these different paths and, you know, have all these a, a gazillion different jobs. And it's just like, but where is my place? And yeah, it's, it's more based on actually the suffering of being here that that have led me through this path and then something that is just like, ooh, I'm just going to explore. No, no, no. It was just like, you know, I, I was so messed up and felt so off, you know, like so alien, basically. And that is what been kept me searching and searching and searching, you know, like went to university for, for eight years and two master degrees and, 
you know, started to, you know, like being an actress, being, you know, like traveling. And it's like, who am I? Where, where am I? Like, why am I here? That's why I said semi-normal jobs, because your, yeah. your resume is, is quite unusual. Yeah. Yep. I've tried any, everything and anything to just fit in and be normal. And, you know, yeah. I, I never, I never could, uh, it came to a point, I think that, um, you know, over the years, I've always, you know, I went to my first uh, psychic when I was 12 or something. So, you know, like it's been, uh, you know, to, 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 but I always felt like there's two different worlds. So I grew up where, you know, trying to fit in, in the normal, looking at the, being the chameleon. Of, of it's like okay this is how they play the game and i'm going to try to mimic and do that and then the other world i had within where you know i just felt good about myself and you know like i could feel how much power i had and you know and and but then i thought that was like an my ego so i got everything reversed then what i you know thinking that well you know oh i'm trying i'm full of myself and you know i'm you know that and but because i didn't want to play normal and you know i could see all these things and you know i would see stuff with people and and you know making that as like yeah so basically just got everything upside down and reversed it's like living in, it felt like I was living in stranger things, you know, like <laughs> where, <laughs> you know, the underworld and then I was in the real world and, but I got it all reversed. So, um, that, I think that that's been coming and it just escalated over the years and ended up in a super deep depression, but the only thing that held me back here to not take any action and, and leaving the planet was that I had a daughter. Um, even, you know, like my husband, you know, love him dearly. We've been together for 21 years, but you know, it's like, he can take care of himself, but I didn't want to do that for my daughter. So yeah, that, that was in, was it in 2006 or seven or something like that? And then, that was like the rock bottom. And then it's just like that journey of finding who I am and, and, you know, starting to get things right, reverse things and realize, Hey, you know, I, I got it all wrong. And it, it is more the, these superpowers I have, the things I see and experience and things I can manifest. And it's like, that's my true self. And then the other thing is just programs that runs the show and I'm not meant to fit in. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to fit in. I'm here to help people to realize who they really are and have the, their power within. And that, and I think that that's one of my superpowers is that I can see the true potential in people. And I see the programs that holds them back. So I, it's almost just like, and, and then people freak out because they think, and then like, oh, you see all these things, you see all my bad sides, 
but I don't see it as those, those are our programs, but I, I see the true you and I see your true potential and I see what holds you back. So, so it's not that I judge uh, people's programs because it's not who they are. And that's, I think is, is when I start to practice that with myself, then it was like somehow I could follow my own journey and path and really find and explore from a new level. I didn't have to search. It was more allowing life to come to me than trying to, you know, going out and try to find where yeah. I was yeah. out in the world. Yeah, really interesting listening to your story because I'm just trying to understand where you, you know, have come along where mine's obviously very much different. I never really had that sense and I'm kind of wondering is it is it unique is it to do with the culture you know is it like a, a Denmark how different is that culture from Ireland how different is that from America but I uh I kind of a bit like you all kind of my life just like I always kind of felt like you know when you find out that things aren't real it was kind of like well I'm not an Oz I'm Dorothy in Kansas and there's no light in the world everything's just and monochrome and I always kind of felt like is that it is that all there is because I just seem to be missing something and if that's all there is then this is just boring this is just blonde and you know I buried myself very very deeply uh, same as you you know terrible problems um terrible problems trying to fit in and fit in and just kind of realizing I'm not like other people and people would have said to me you're not quite like you know um you you know you, when you do uh when, when i kind of experimented in drugs it would have affected me differently from other people you know or just needing a lot of time to kind of be off my own to try and understand who am i what the what, what am i kind of doing here but it wasn't until many many years later that you know i kind of uh came out of that shell i got that reawakening again but looking back over my own life, I realized it's always all been there. That calling, that seeking, that desire to know, not being able to stay committed to one job or one hobby or one activity. You know, it suited you for a while or suited me for a while. But um, after a while, you know, the, the, the novelty wore off and you're kind of just always trying to find out what is it? I, there has to be something else. Like, I remember my early um, school years of always thinking, like, you know, before I knew any of this stuff, like, I feel that I'm meant to do something in the world. I feel like I have a purpose or something. But then at the same time, as you say, your ego takes over. Like, who do you think you are? You're nobody. You're just some guy, random kid from Ireland. You know, you're not some mm -hmm. sort of Hollywood celebrity or anything like that. So quite quickly, you know, you shut down those things. But I guess for me... There was always that small part that I kept locked, hidden up where I would imagine and fantasize about these things. But it was only obviously much, much later that I kind of uh, reawakened or that reawakening happened to me. And I very much like you discovered um, my star seed, stroke wanderer, stroke whatever you want to call that identity. And it was even after my awakening process, that was what really 
made me go, ah, now I understand why I am, why I am. All of these weirdness, these quirks, these eccentricities, these uh, programs and stuff that have been assailing me and have never made sense. So it was just really, really interesting. But I think that when you do kind of discover that or uncover parts of yourself, I guess, because I think that this is a, a lifelong process of discovering who mm. you are, it becomes a natural desire to want to help to help other people and reawaken them well when you go from that deep suffering and and you know that, that to find must be something meaningful can't be the all shit, right so it it, it kind of becomes yeah. part of of you know your your mission here to help people get out of that suffering as well because you know how painful it is and when you look around and see all people who yeah. have so much pain in you know either emotionally physically or you know spiritually whatever you know all of the all of it and you sit and say hey i know exactly how you feel because i've been through it and I also know how to what I did to to get through it to the other side. I want to hand on that key to anyone who wants to listen. And that is then the other interesting part, because then a lot of people don't need they're not ready. They don't want to take the responsibility because that's what it ends up to it. You have to take responsibility for your own life and your own shit. You can't blame anyone else for how you feel or what you do or you know it's all you and, and that's just like that's a, a lot of people are you know are not ready to take that responsibility also because we're programmed to be very passive and victimized and you know like oh it's my father's fault because he or the society's fault or you know deep state's fault yeah 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 <laughs> that i'm this junkie crack addict, prostitute, <laughs> meal jiggle, whatever you want to call it, yeah. yeah. You're right, ultimately, we, we do have to take responsibility for ourselves and really look at ourselves, and I think you're absolutely right. A lot of people aren't out there aren't ready for that. They're not ready to do that deep dive because it's, it's the hardest work that you will ever do, looking at yourself, examining yourself, bringing up those shadow aspects of yourself and... You know, acknowledging that that that's there and accepting that, and the way that we currently function in this world, although obviously things are changing, is that we're not taught to be open and honest. We're not taught to um, express our feelings, express our emotions. You know, we're a very judgmental, moralistic society, certainly in the West, mm -hmm. um, and we expect people to, even though it's it's this whole big sham that we're living under. You know, we, we, we judge people. We judge our people that we put into power, politicians and celebrities and anyone who, you know, steps out of line from that moral quandary that we have created in our society is, is named and shamed and they have to grovel and apologize within an inch of their life. And the way I always kind of look at it, and I'm sure you'll agree, is that you'll see generally two people having a conversation about this and they'll say, oh, you know, did you hear about that person? Nah. The, the, the thing that they done or what was found out about them. And, you know, they'll have a conversation, but in each person's mind, they're sitting going, well, if that person kind of knew my shadow aspects and the same person at the same time is saying it. 
And if that was stripped away from people, if we could truly look into each other, it would be, oh my God, I'd never realize that you know, you had these aspects of yourself, but the other person would obviously look at that and say the same thing. And then there would be this understanding, hey, we're, we're all the same. We're all pretty fucked up at the end of the day. Yeah. exactly the same. And, and it's just programs. It's not even who we really are. Because the one who we really are yeah. is never changing. It's like that source, that's whatever you want to call it, but that's permanent. It's always there. Mm. The only thing that never changes is that pure essence. Then everything that changes, our thoughts, our emotions, that is something we have. We have a body that changes too. So we have a body, we have emotions, we have thoughts, but it's not who we are. And the thing is, we identify with all these aspects of ourselves instead of seeing, oh, I have these thoughts. But the moment you identify with, that's where the ego says, oh, I don't want to look at it because, you know, it's it's painful. I don't, you know, it. it but when you see it's something that you have and it's, everybody has it because it's part of the collective consciousness field, you just tap into it. It's just like a radio station. It's just like, ooh, here they play this song of, of these type of thoughts. You can as easily tap in, just shift the channel, go into where it's much more pleasant music and thoughts. But people don't even realize how easy it can be. And it's because we believe we are all these things. So I don't want people to see all these awful sides of me but when we start and i wrote a book about this it's called goodness grace and great thoughts on fire and how to embrace the seven billion shades of you and i i share a lot of these aspects of of my journey of how i you know looking at myself it's like oh wait a minute what is that thought really about how am i identifying with and why do i reject that side of me and when i started to embrace those side of me i started to become whole because i didn't yeah. judge them i you know i said you know oh it's just something i have you know it's just part of of this so instead of trying to hide i could say well there's this little bit of me or this side of me who thinks that but there's also this side that thinks this so it doesn't have to be either or it's always both and yeah so so well said it's just finding a way to um bring that awareness globally i think is the challenge isn't it find a way to, to, to bring this understanding of um and, and do away with this moralistic kind of society you know, which is probably perpetuated by you know our religions and stuff and this need to be perfect and all of this sort of stuff so mm -hmm. i think that's a challenge for uh light workers and star season wonders is to um first get to know yourself um i love that maximum i have heavily into the law one but i love that maximum that they give as one of our lessons which is know the self accept the self and then become the creator so i think that's the challenge for us certainly is 
you know, when we discover more of our identity is understanding who we are, all of these different aspects, accepting, as you say, and from them, we can feel more in unity with ourselves. And so I think that's what we kind of need to do and, and try and bring these teachings and this philosophy, as you obviously have already done with your book. But um, I kind of want to move on to this stuff that you do because, like, that's quite a resume. You create global tailored boot camps, you have workshops, retreats, events, you're a mentor, you guide and teach. Um, you've just a ton, a ton of stuff. And I kind of want to know a bit more about that. If that's thing, global yeah. tailored boot camp, it sounds very corporate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, but it, because it, but it is very holistic. So, you know, to, to like working with, you know, let's say you have a group of people who, who have certain challenges and then, you know, I look, I look at where are you, where you want to go. And then we tailor and find exactly what you guys need to do the transformation and ships into. So you know, even if you say, hey, I want to, you know, what we have in common here, we want to start to make a uh, hundred thousand a month type of, of thing. Well, then we have to look at from all different aspects. I also have this is it, it developed this. Um, let's say this is like an educational platform. I call it flow education. And it, it basically you work with 13 different perspectives. So let's say if you have, you know, you can't attract money into your life. If you then start to look at it from like, where do you have blocks in your body? What are your emotional blocks and, you know, traumas that are related to that? You look at the, the mind stuff, like your thoughts. You also look at what are the collective programs of it? Like, and, you know, the money programs, money is based on depth. So no wonder we reject it because basically we're as spiritual beings. We are all about the abundance and you know, why would we attract something that is based on the more money you have, you actually, the more in depth you are. So it's just like, again, the reverse, but when we can start to see it, we can neutralize that, the, the energy of the money and then use it for something better. So, you know, it's like, again, it all, it's all about changing the energies of things. So you basically, you can work with it from 13 different perspectives. And that's like also when you start to see it, things from all these different perspectives, it's, it's almost like your body's like, oh, it starts to like, oh shit, no wonder, you know, this is what's going on. But it also makes you know go into that relaxation where you can start to create and get get into the creativity and ideas of it because it, it transmutes the blockages that stands in the way so that that's um something we've done over the uh, over many years at the moment it's a bit of an, a hold with all of that because well you know we kind of integrate everything always but but you know i'm I never get stuck in one thing. That's why I also call myself a life designer because I, you know, it, people, they, you know, they want you to be put in a box. Oh, I'm a health coach or I'm a, you know, yes, I, I used to teach at nutrition and health, you know, senior lecturer. Um, I have a lot of that knowledge, also academic, but also in practice. 
I have, you know, I, I, I sit with a, the, a master's degree in psychology and in education and all of that, but it's more, again, of, of finding, merge all these different perspectives and realities. And, you know, instead of saying, so, oh, I'm a therapist and so now I'm going to focus on your emotional. No, that's where you can shift because if you only focus on one direction, so right now we are much more into uh, with our little magic wand because I can see it's a shortcut to all the crap. And, you know, you can because it works on all these different levels and perspectives and emotional, physical, multidimensional. So um, when I find those like tools, I get very passionate about it and I just want to spread it. So that that's basically where we ended up. And now we give trainings and uh just created a new website called frequencywonders.com where we write blogs and we will start our podcast again and you know like that there's so much energy because people need this people need to start to step into their own leader that and i don't say ship because i'm not going to put you out in the sea we you know so we you know we call it more leaderhood um we stay on the land and that this has something to do also where we are enslaved for those who, who haven't heard about that. So basically one way they, they keep us entrapped and, and in the matrix is through, they bring us out in C. So all the C words, you know, relationships, mm -hmm. it's all based out in the sea where we are presumed dead and drowned. So we lose, they then take custody over us. We are birthed, a birth in, you know, in, in, in the docks. And, you know, it's just like everything. Yeah, when it it's like, oh, God, it, you know, it's just like another rabbit hole to go down into. <laughs> but but it's, it's quite, um, it's also fun. And I think instead of seeing all these things as, as depressing, of it's like, oh, my God, how tricked we are and how hijacked everything is and deceived we are we have to see it to be able to transform it and that's just like we we don't need to be scared of it and that's the key it's just like face your fears just look at it and then it's like huh you did it again you're trying to fool me here i'm going to do this because that is just like my way of doing it that is much more fun, joyful, and that is a win-win approach. So, so you know, everybody can be have a, a good life. That that's basically why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. And that obviously, um, all of the, well, you mentioned quite a lot. Not just obviously the tailored boot camps, but I'm assuming that what you're talking about there as well is also what you mentioned about reactivating the unique genius codes for energy mastery, mm -hmm. helping people understand their sovereignty, that they're sovereign beings, mm -hmm. you know, so that they're not giving their power away to other people, along with mm -hmm. them obviously working with life design, life perspectives, um, freedom, and obviously you work quite a lot with women as well on their own divine feminine leadership. Mm -hmm. fascinating stuff so much stuff that you do it's great. It's amazing 
So you connected with um, your husband Oliver, you were mentioning back in two thousand and one, and he's obviously uh, very much a part of your life and very much um, runs these uh, events and workshops along with you. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that this was part of the reason for creating your um, podcast because your mission—it's obviously called the um, the Impossible Show—is not right. Live the impossible. Live the impossible show. Sorry, yep. Um, and you've your your mission that you said on that is to make a or co-create a new conscious reality, making the impossible possible. What exactly does that mean? Making the impossible possible. Does that mean anything that's impossible possible? Or is there? Yeah. Okay. Well, we live in a reality our matrix where we are taught that what what we can do and not do but when you start to look at things from a multi-dimensional perspective we are the creators of our realities so Mm. when you go beyond time and space and and start to see from the quantum field everything is a hologram the whole everything is created out of energy everything and I've seen images of where we start, where we build worlds. We are the one creating worlds. And if we have our own little hologram, that is very unique for our own perception. When we start to realize that we create our own reality and how we perceive the world, we get to take our power back. And then we can also start to choose. We cannot choose until we are aware that what we're doing. So, and where, where we are not choosing because we get, we are not conscious. So when you start to take conscious choices of what reality, when someone says to me, like for the last many years, we have traveled the world with our kids, took them out of school, and and you know then then um, you know creating our you no know, blogging uh, doing workshops doing online stuff uh, whatever we we are into at the moment because that changes <laughs> because we go with the flow it's like where the the, the energy goes people then say uh, but that's impossible and I'm like well we're doing it. So a lot of it, that's just like how the title came up is because people keep on telling us that's impossible. You can't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that because I need to make money. And I'm like, what do you think? It's like, I need, I make money too. Like I, but I create how I make money from my passions and my interests. I don't need to work nine to five where I haven't been able to, because it's like my, my body wouldn't be able to deal with it. So it's interesting that that that's how basically started to when we start to take the power back from what people tell us what we can and cannot do. And one way I've done it and that I also write about in the goodness, grace and great thoughts on fire book is where if I feel something is not, you know, I say to myself, oh, I can't fly. Then I'm like, but I live in a world where I carry everything in infinite possibilities. 
and I just need to tap into reality when I where I can. So then it's like, ooh, that's interesting. Okay, and then it's like, oh, I, I might not fly now, but I know I will. And actually, I do. I have thoughts that flies. I fly in my dreams. So and I fly in the airplane. Oh, I actually can fly. You know, it's not the definition that we often have, but then when you start to see it, it's like yeah. I actually do in certain perspectives. All of a sudden, you could feel like, ooh, all of a sudden it's possible. So it goes from no, it's yeah, impossible, yeah. you can't fly, to actually you can because you do it all the time and not as a bird because you don't have the wings, but you also, mm. also see in all these images where people, you know, got their wings on or angels fly you know people say that we are angels here so maybe you know just explore and play and be curious and then so basically what i'm saying is every time i have a thought that i cannot do it then i know it's not true because i know every that i live in with a reality of infinite possibility so it's basically to shift that belief and build a yeah. bridge over yeah. to where it becomes possible. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I will fly properly one time, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I do it in these ways. And I'm going to explore more of that. That's a so really that's interesting. Yeah, really interesting way of looking at things. It's a changing people's perceptions of to be able to fly like a bird, but understanding, but you already have some of these things available to you. And as you turn around and say, it's, it's like creating this bridge from your definition of what is currently possible to or the other side of the water to what you're saying is impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's about creating these steps and understanding that we already have the tools mm -hmm. to bridge to get there. And it may not be possible today, but who knows? You know, with advances and people thinking about advances in technology and biology and stuff like that, people who have that liberated way of thinking, such as yourself, it may actually be possible in some way to, you know, have some sort of biological appendage so we can't fly. Um, and, and as you mentioned, like when you think about it, there are so many different ways. Hand gliders, we can fly. Uh, base jumpers, they fly for a second. Well, they kind of drop, but... You know, or those kind of uh, <laughs> water propelled machines that shoot you out of the water for a second or two, or any number of reasons, or any number of ways in which you can turn your say to yourself, I can fly. I may not be able to fly mm -hmm. unaided without the aid of some mechanical or contraption mm -hmm. or some sort of material, but I can fly. And so that's a really, really interesting way of looking at things. Yeah. And more people should obviously know about that and should think that way especially our entrepreneurs and scientists and stuff like that, instead of being conformed into this rigid uh, three-dimensional way of, well, you know, physically, according to, you know, modern physics, we can't do that. Instead of, you know, liberate mm -hmm. your thinking from that. Brilliant. Mm. Because also and when also you start... That... No, no I was just... <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that. But when you start to also look at how, uh, you know, explore people with superpowers you know like there, there are these monks who who basically they they generate so much chi 
that they can, you know, it's like electricity. So you can't, you know, they, they have to use a leaf to touch one because it's like, it just boosts up your, your system. They, they can, you know, um, they, they regenerate it like um, you're, you get their she going or life force going by, by uh, licking um, uh, these like, uh, what do you call them? Like uh, fire, you know, sticks or whatever, swords and stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, they, they, they were, there are some monks, they say that they, they levitate when they run, they run so fast, they actually levitate. There's, they, you know, all these superpowers, there are people who can do that, put fire into stuff and, you know, so why not? Just because the, the majority can't do it doesn't mean that we can't don't have the potential to develop that. Yeah. yeah this would be yeah. just because There's we so, have forgotten it. Yes, I think that's right. There's so much that I still is veiled from ourselves, from our mind and our body and our connections between our mind, body and spirit. As you rightly say, there are monks, there have been studies conducted on Tibetan monks where they're able to mm -hmm. regulate their temperature of their fingers and toes. You look at Shaolin monks where they are able to, you know, break stone or have swords pointed into them and they don't are affected by it. And even if that sounds a bit impossible, what about people who walk over fire, hot coals? Mm -hmm. They're trained and that that should burn the soles of their feet. And I absolutely admire those people because I think I would check it out when it comes to yeah. that. But that in itself shows you that there are things that are possible. Right up until yeah. some of these people where you hear about someone was in danger of being crushed by a truck or a car and they were able to shove that weight off where they shouldn't physically be able to do it. Mm -hmm. People like Wim Hof and others who are able to withstand extreme colds, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, dive under icy water. I, I watched mm -hmm. the guy... I think it was a British guy who um, dived into the Arctic. It was a Russian sailing ship. I don't know when it was, but it was in the Antarctic. And like literally they were cutting through ice. And he, he jumped in straight into the water, swam for a minute and got up onto the ice flow. And, you know, they took their damn time about getting things around it. You know, it's, it's incredible what yeah. we can achieve. And that's only yeah. physically. Um, yeah, and, and I can have three well. different examples Absolutely. of people. Yeah. So I have three people, no, just no. examples of people I know. There's, uh, you, you know, you said, you know, before that, you know, I'm a superhero. Yeah, and that, that's basically uh, Richard Wilkins, the Wiz uh, in Britain. He's the Minister of Inspiration. His wife, Liz, she... She often do this uh, exercise when she have an arrow, but to her throat, and then you know she press and the, the arrow splits in half. I've seen that do, done live. That's supposed to be impossible. Uh, talking about, uh, uh, I have one of my friends. He was in an ice bath for an hour, and you know it's all about the breath that's like where you keep the yeah. breath and then you know you're fine he's still very much alive and a friend's friend um 
he has the world championship of being under the water. He has, I think it's 25 minutes. He can be underwater. He has the world record on that. So, and you know, like he, it's all about the breath and we have to realize the breath is the thing that keeps us alive. So if we want to discuss other impossible things, we are programmed to believe we need water and food to survive, right? They say, if you don't get water for three days, then you're dead. Okay. I should have been died several times then because I had dry fast as they call it. Basically you have three days without any water or food or anything. And what it does is it dries out all the old information from your cells. You, you know, you dry out and pull it out, out of your body all, because all the memories is in the water molecules. Mm. So when we pull that out, we can get a fresh start. And I remember the first time I did it many years ago, I was at the retreat, but you know, you want to do this like with, with guidance. It's called the Breatharian. Um, so it was, it, 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 it was, the event was called like living on light. And it was all about the breath and to, to get a, experience the life force of the, the breath. And the first night I was laying and I was writing my diary and I was like, if I don't wake up tomorrow, you know, it's just like, and then the irony waking up, it's like feeling fine. I'm like, Huh. Okay. Another illusion. Check. So it's like, I've always been one of those people who walk around with food in my bag because I think that, you know, if I don't get food every fourth hour, I will die. And then now it's just like, I can, you know, I know I don't need food to survive. I can, you know, basically I choose because I like the taste. I like to have food, but I don't need it for survival. So it's also, again, shifting the way we see things and it's just so much more enjoyable and it's like a conscious choice it's like i love to have a glass of wine or a drink water or have chocolate or cake i love it why would i give that up but i don't need it for my survival i don't need to eat certain things and that's yeah. again making the impossible possible because I tried it in my own body. I know yeah. it's possible. And that's that's an experience and a story that you share in more detail in the book that you co-authored um, with Ulrika Carlson, Holy Fuck and Sacred mm -hmm. Water. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I wanted to say to you is that you're obviously you've you've tried to share some of this um these teachings as well by um making them free i i downloaded it, haven't read it yet but it looks really interesting the quantum clarity workbook and that's all about describing all of the different types of intelligences the body intelligence emotional intelligence heart intelligence divine intelligence nature intelligence can yeah. i wonder could you talk a little bit like that it's completely free for anyone who goes to um, Susanna's website. Yeah, well, that is coming back to what I talked about before with what we call the life perspectives to see it. 
I actually altered these um, into, so now they are 13. I can't remember how many is in that book. <laughs> I think it's 11. But I, I changed them a bit around to make it more, because, you know, I don't claim I have the truth. I always evolve and, you know, see new things. And I so I just try to tweak and, you know, shift and change so it makes makes the easiest packaged um because everything is all all connected anyway right so it's just yeah. to make it look from these different perspectives and and when you start to to see it then it just opens up more space within you and feel more it's like <clears throat> so that that's basically what what those are that to create that clarity of, of looking from things from different perspectives and uh, especially if there's something where you struggle, it's just like, I can't even think of anything. Why would that be related to this? That's when you start to do a little research or, you know, to open up to that because it's always there. You just need to find it. And that, that then opens up something new. So it's, always comes back to stay open and curious instead of saying something is right or wrong right and wrong doesn't exist everything just is we are the one perceiving things as right or wrong so if it doesn't feel good why would you hold on to a belief like that you know it's like you are the only one suffering for it so again you take responsibility and it's like how can i perceive this so it actually makes me more feel better about this yeah, then you're not a victim yeah. and that is also brings it into that whole unfuckwithable thing that i'm doing with ulis it's, it's like to really become unfuckwithable you know like i don't have any secrets everything i write about is it's like people can't get to me because i don't have any secrets that's the, uh, another thing we believe that it's like we you know have we need to hold our you know the private and the, we don't want people to see all of us but the more i share with all my fucked up programs it, i also create the space where everybody else can be allowed to have their programs because it has nothing to do with who you are it's just programs we have yeah i know you mentioned that you'd you know change some aspects of that um, because obviously as we develop as people and our knowledge increases, we can revisit our stuff and go, well, you know, I have a bit more knowledge to add to that. But with that in mind and with some of the books that you've kind of co-authored, um, we obviously talked about that amazing one, Goodness, Grace, Goodness, Grace and Great Thoughts on Fire, Hiding Brave Seven Billion Shades in You. But you also um, co-authored another one back in 2013, which was... Um, no mistakes how you can change adversity into abundance and um, mm -hmm. time to rise which is tales of authors who overcame challenges and traumas from money with love we were talking about that activate your prosperity consciousness that was actually written with your husband oliver is that correct no it was with uh like i was the editor of it and i collected all these love letters uh often again i i always do things the reversed than a lot of other people and spiritual teachers. So mm. a lot of people write love letters to money. You know, that that's just like a common exercise in the spiritual community. 
but I reversed it and had love letters from money to yourself. So what is money telling you? Why isn't, is it, or isn't it coming into your life? What is, you know, and that just helps people to see where their blocks are and resistance for money to come into your life is. So that was, I think, I can't remember, it was 30 or 40 different people who wrote a love letter from money to themselves. Yeah, I guess what I was uh, what I was trying to think before I got that information wrong was that although our own perspectives and uh, knowledge accumulates over time, would you still agree that it's important not to go back and change? Because I look at some of the stuff that I done, you know, where I started off my journey, my podcast, and sharing information, and I'm obviously a lot more different person I am now. And the tendency is to kind of go go back and go, well, that's. I'm not really believing in that, or it's not that I don't really believe. It's my knowledge has expanded. I can add more to it. Mm -hmm. But would you say that um, it's important to keep things as simple as possible? Because although we're kind of uh, somewhere here on our journey, people are only starting off in this journey. And we need to keep um, things as simple as possible for people. So um, for me, anyway, as I said, the tendency is perhaps not to share or you know, make some sort of older information available today. But mm -hmm. I think we need to understand is that there are people waking up all the time and they need to mm -hmm. a foothold into this. They don't need to be bombarded with um, the Susanna of 2023. They maybe yeah. need the very kind of, uh, I don't want to say basic, but, you know, the, the do you know what I'm trying to say? The kind of yeah, foothold yeah, yeah. in the Exactly. And, and I remember my very first book I wrote, I, it's never been published because of that particular reason. It, it's uh, never food? been no. All right, okay. It's 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 never been out, but I called the the title was perfect just as you are. I have published a few chapters from it, but I never published the whole book because of I thought when I you know I've worked with it for years and then. I came to a point where it's like, oh, but that's, I don't even believe that anymore. So I, and then I have come to, it's just like when, when I, you know, had that crossing of that first, very first chapter I got published was then no mistake. It was published in the States and it was actually, I was, I, I, I was in like a competition. So, so they, they, uh, um, they selected a, a, a few chapters to be part of, of that book where I wrote to, um, about a miscarriage I had and the gifts, the heartache is the greatest gift is the my chapter in that book. I can't remove that now. So it's just like kind of out of my control. And I'm glad because of that particular reason, because it's good that that's why I, I leave that uh, because the basics is still true. It's just that I, I, you know, I've started to see it in a more advanced way or, you know, new angles to it. And, and as you say, you know, holy fucking sacred water is not a beginner's book. You know, that that's, you know, is a cutting edge type of, of information. And so many things that most people never even thought of. So it's 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 not maybe the beginner's book, 
because we we talk about chakras and you know we talk about all these things and if you don't know what that is it's like you know we we don't sit and describe from because we speak to those who already been on this journey for a long time and want to take it to the next level because a lot of people what i've noticed is that they kind of you know want to reach out to everyone so instead of actually honor who they are and where they are at the moment they try to change to please what other people think and want and on i did that for for many many years as well and i came to a point this is like i will never be good enough there will always be people who doesn't you know i have to do this for me this is my voice this is how and those who resonates with that will come so it also and that's like that inner ah, release of and peace that comes with when you can this is who i am either you resonate with what i say or you know it's you know you, you're free to go i'm not going to force anything onto you if i can be there and support you fine but it's more like that you attract people who resonates with what you are and what you know your frequency then try to you know change because I, that's what i've done all my life i don't want to change for to please others anymore i change because i love to and it's like ooh, what's more to explore yeah yeah you're absolutely right we we need to be true to ourselves um i'm sure you've had like people say oh i'd like more information on this i'd like you to do more kind of work on this but i think you have to be honest with yourself well say well if that happens if that comes up or if i'm attracted to that or if i get the opportunity to work with that or explore that then absolutely but i can't just change myself because you want more of this i've no have to be thing and whatever attracts me and whatever interests me um i'm going to talk about i'm going to publish i'm going to um offer out but that is me being me and i may not change the world we're not really designed to you're not meant to be jesus or buddha you know we but we have um as you say people who are attracted to us to our light to our vibration and that's all we really need is that we all we just need the, these um little pockets i guess you're doing your thing and Ulrika's doing hers and i'm doing mine and someone else is doing it with her and that's all we need as long as we're all kind of pulling in the same direction and if we get the opportunity to join forces i guess if you like because you've obviously worked with Ulrika, you've worked with um your husband you've worked with um another lady called pam lob on um feminine webinars and uh, on your podcast if we get the the thing and we attract people who are kind of in our camp to maybe into their camp or people from there are kind of like oh i'd like to know a bit more about that then that's all we really need to do this will expand on its own the more that we connect and uh network i guess you know yeah. instead of well i, I want to change the word me on my own i want mm -hmm. to do this for everyone you want this i'll be like that. you want this i'll be like that. no just concentrate but on then you, it's the ego that's the ego who wants to be the savior and instead of co-create and collaborate there is no competition because there's only one you but then when you start to play and have fun with other people 
and we all come with our uniqueness. That's when the synergetic effect and amplified field is created. If we all try to be the same, you know, it's just like quite boring, to be honest. Like we all would be bored. That's how we complement each other. There's no competition. Yeah, absolutely right. And um, I did notice, but it's not published in English, that you have uh, one of your very earliest books, which was Flow Food, Organic Food on a Budget. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that that was influenced and came about because of your nutrition and health professor. Yeah, um, it was actually, you know, we're having small kids working full time as a, a, you know, at nutrition and health and, you know, come home and be stressed and trying to figure out like food and, you know, this would, it became like the cookbook that I, I needed for myself. And then I was, um, I was approached by the, by, um, uh, uh, this publishing company uh, who needed a cookbook for students. So, so then, you know, that's how flow food came about. And I collaborated with some students. I had them uh, interns in, and we co-created this, this uh, flow food book where we, you know, so it's just like recipes for a week, but with different colors, varieties. So it's like a soup day and a pasta day. And, you know, so just to create the variation over a week with it. Also uh, grocery shopping lists and all of that. It's only published in Danish so far. We, I have an English word version, but um, it's quite interesting because it's the cookbook is still the one I use at home. If it, because I also, I don't never follow, I never follow a recipe. The few times I do that, it, it's, it, you know, it doesn't taste good. So I need to have the flexibility also in the cookbook that's just like, you take a couple of potatoes and a couple of carrots and, you know, or if you don't have that, you, you can use this instead. It's that type of a very open and, and flexible type of, of cookbook. Um, so, so that's just like, basically often when I, I, I can't find anything, I just created myself. This is like, I need something like that. And then I'm like, oh, okay. So I just do it. I was actually going to say to you before you mentioned that. Yeah. I was, I was actually going to say that to you before you, you told me about that. Um, if, if your book was published in English, would I get this? Here's what to do. Throw in a few of this, throw in a few of that, and it'll taste great. And you actually did confirm that. Wow, what an interesting yeah. book. I would actually like to read that if you ever... Do you get it published in English? Yeah. So tell us then about, which is another interesting thing that I um, find about you. We mentioned earlier that um, you, your husband Oliver, and three kids, you homeschool them, or you don't even homeschool them, you world school them. Um, and you have a website called Conscious Family Travel, I think, which is about yeah. travel, the family. interaction and conscious travel family um yeah. which is sure some interesting stories about the characters and the people that you've met the one up there um that i remember about vietnam the guy um bringing you around all kind of parts in vietnam was interesting mm -hmm. and you've um labeled this as a kind of meaningful holistic and passionate life sharing stories of people 
and events along the way, which sounds really interesting. Okay, so this family kind of goes and explores different parts of the world and they almost travel blog um, about it, but it's more than that because you're visiting um, these existing sacred sites. And I know that you have related this story as well in the Holy Fuck book, but I was just, I didn't know that um, it was something that you'd mentioned outside of it. So it kind of gives me a little bit of leeway to talk about that because I'm just a bit conscious that we have another kind of interview where we're going to mention some of this. But you um, also talk about reactivating the stargates and raising Mm -hmm. the frequencies of of the planet. And it must be an interesting life, to say the least, to have your kids share that worldview instead of this rigid, dogmatic... um, worldview that is kind of imposed by our educational systems i kind of wonder how that all kind of works um how your kids take it (laughs) yeah again i think it came about like that what we it all started actually when um back in maybe 2010 11 maybe when I was working um, as a senior professor at nutrition and health. And then I, you know, there was this, like, I actually loved my job. I love to teach and, you know, but I could also feel that I was trapped in, in what I could teach and what I could say and not. And, you know, like it was quite, you know, limited in, in that Mm -hmm. sense. And one night my husband and I was laying in bed and talking and then all of a sudden, I just, you know, I get these messages from guides or whatever you, you know, whatever it is. But it's like, okay, you need to quit your job. And I was like, oh, but I'm just in for a race, you know. I was you know, going to start to make much more money because, of, you know, I've been teaching for a certain amount of years and stuff. And I told my husband and he goes, oh, congratulations. So what are we going to do then? <laughs> and and that's also like how how we started to explore, you know, like what what, what can we do? You know, like uh, in Denmark, we, there's um, you don't have to you don't have to go to school. You just have to to um, educate. So you know, we, we ended up. And and basically, right? Okay, just an interesting fact. And and then um, taking the kids out of school, and it was a lot. You know, they were having a lot of issues, and and because they are also they are star seeds. You know, they are sensitive. So for them to mm. to be with a large group, it just stresses their system. So they were not very happy. My youngest hadn't even started school, but but the other two. And um, yeah, so we, you know, went to Costa Rica. That's just like another long story. But but after we got back from Costa Rica, uh, after living there for a couple of years and where we had the hotel, we we didn't want to give up traveling that's just like been one of the passions my husband and i had so it's just like so how can we get that part of our life and you know how can we get money actually you know 
traveling and so we start to research and it's like how do people make money when they travel like traveling nomads and um and for us it was important that our kids experience the world instead of reading about it and so when we go somewhere we often go for a few months and it's always guided that what you know there's it comes all these inputs it's like it could be you know like when you see the synchronicity and things it's like huh and all of a sudden you just know oh shit we need to go there often it's not planned we don't know how we financially we're going to you know make it happen and then something just happened and then money comes and then the opportunity there comes and because we already decided we're going to do it so we take the action the only times it doesn't work is when we we focus on we're going to do this and then we're going to do that so so we can do this if we focus on the how it doesn't work we have to focus of where we're going to do what we're going to experience or why we're doing it and that's you know traveling in asia for three months in vietnam cambodia thailand and explore the culture the history also the hidden history going to these sites to to activate both ourselves these codes genius codes and also activate the, the the earth itself so basically get the energies going and flowing in the different grids so um bahamas was one of the the, the, the that was the first place we went and basically we just were so guided we collaborated with a shaman in costa rica and he you know he would get pieces and keys and activate them within me and then i would get you know other keys and things and you know so we were all it's just like almost surreal everything was super surreal uh things that happened we were you know it, it's the start the bahamas is part of the bermuda triangle so we went to three different islands uh in the bahamas that was just like a triangle within the triangle and we were 11 days on each island and there was like very specific numbers and different places we were supposed to go to we didn't know what but we would you know it's just like it was all about the threes because it's stargate three if we would go and it's like on on the bimini island which is say the old Atlantean island old atlantis is underneath the water there and we would walk and there was no cars on and maybe there were two cars or something and we've not car number three comes we, we stand out in the streets it's like where are we going i don't know then car number three comes and we're like oh we're supposed to go this direction and then it, it would be like we were almost like okay we need to go this way apparently and we would end up the weirdest places and and then it's like oh okay this is where we're supposed to be okay and now what and then we would just stand there until we would get some kind of guidance or a sign or, or a symbol or something yeah. that would come and then oliver he's an emerald guardian so he have all these uh, guardians he puts up around me 
and then I will go, okay, what, do whatever you need to do. I'm here. You know, I have no clue what's happening. And then this beam of energy would just come through me. Sometimes it's just standing there shaking. I was like almost electrified, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not painful, but, but it's just like super yeah, weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then I was standing there and it's like, it gets like twitches and all of that. And then, and then it's like, oh, okay, now we're done. And the kids were, you know, like, okay, can we go now? <laughs> you know, and it was, it, it's so surreal. Um, so we, that's how we've done for like the last, I don't know, like 10, 15 years, 10 years, probably all of a sudden we get, it's like, oh, now you need to go to Southern France. You know, it's all about activating the codes of the Cathars and that area. And it's always in three different places, like I triangle and, and the, it's it's just weird stuff and shit that happens. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, but but it's just like you can't. How do you describe the undescribable? You know, I don't yeah. have the vocabulary to explain what what happened and how do I know? And because I don't really know, I, I just yeah. So it's it's the kids. You know, they're used to it uh, by now, um, and and it's interesting because they're now that they, they they you know they, we never tell them this is the way it is and it's just like this is our truth you are you know mm -hmm. free to believe whatever you like some people believe this some people believe that so that's also when we travel we often you know just let's look into the religion what do they actually believe and what's is the creational story what you know what um food do they eat you know to explore because it also opens up for for new perspectives and point of views up so it's not so rigid and yeah, this is how yeah. it is Here, we know how things should be and those are just savages type of thing and and you know and they like they they are the most embracing grounded kids and you know all we they they have no judgments uh against any color or or type or you know culture whatever it, it's just like they, they it's again that curiosity that comes through and uh we have a lot of fun and it, it, it's not that we we never teach per se it's more that we talk about things we integrate it into the everyday life so we don't use any books. We don't, uh, but but we use more the, the conversations. And it's like, how do you see it? Well, you know, what do you know about this? And we listen to each other's different point of views. And oh, but I, I see it this way. Huh? I never thought about that. Oh, I see it like this. And you know, and I I've heard this person. They believe this. And and again, so then there is no right and wrongs things just are and it's yeah. it sounds like um yeah it sounds like most normal people's idea of an absolute nightmare <laughs> let's just go to some random country which 
have no idea about the culture, have no idea about the country welcomed. Let's just stand around and okay, let's walk in some random direction without thinking about our personal safety <laughs> whatsoever. No idea how we're going to fund this trip, but hey, and then we're just going to stand there and wait for something to happen. <laughs> And for your kids to be kind of, um, yeah, okay, moms. But I, it, to me, it sounds really refreshing, so enlivening. And um, I think that the experience is, you know, obviously they've become so open, um, non-judgmental, um, seeing people... Um, as they kind of are, having this respect for culture, uh, all this stuff, they're not having any kind of dogma and saying this is the way it can be done. Let's exchange ideas. But how does it feel for you? And getting them to be kind of in touch with not words which are forever secondary to the feeling of it, I, I, I just, it must be um, very exciting for you and your husband to imagine what, your kids futures will be like oh i don't know why we're, we're dropping it's um seem to be you're laying down the foundations for something really special and that your kids they continue along this path and want to build upon what you and oliver have created this new way of life and take this to potentially things that you will have never thought of you know in, in our very much changed world yeah mm. it's absolutely fascinating stuff yeah. fascinating stuff I, my daughter, she's, she turns 19 now. And, uh, a year ago, like the, the week after she turned 18, she moved to Riga, uh, in Latvia for six months. <laughs> so she doesn't have, you know, a graduate, she didn't graduate from school or anything. Uh, she got a job and, um, as customer service and stuff. And, and, you know, we were playing. So, so I, I was saying, okay, so what is your dream, you know, scenario with living, you know, how to, the apartment you were going to live in. And she was like, okay, I want to live in an old town. I want to have a roomie, uh, so, but, but not too many, but, you know, like share it with one and um, this and that and, you know, close to the park and all of that. And a, a couple of weeks later, the girl did it, you know? But so she got that old town the apartment. It was super nice with this uh, you know, student. Uh, like, there's a lot of um, doctoral uh, position studies uh, uh, students in, in Riga. And, and she loved it. She you didn't like the job. So, you know, she came back home now. But, but you know, like that, it, it was hard for the mommy to, you know, have her daughter move away. But, but that she even did it and that she got the job. And they, you know, the way she got the job was it's like, we, she didn't even plan to get a job. It, you know, it was just like a we were just going to write her CV and, and see if we, you know, so she get the practice. 
and then they, she actually got the job and she's like shit what do i do <laughs> and she loves to travel and so that's you know but but it's the confidence i i think it's it's i i think it, it, she doesn't doubt herself because she hasn't had that that program conditioning, yeah, programming. conditioning yeah and i yeah, i yeah. think that you know and, and we are very honest you know like i i'm the first one to admit i i screwed up i'm not perfect you know like that was my trigger sorry you know i shouldn't have said that or did that and that also again it makes them it's okay to do mistakes and you know yell or you know it's okay we all screw up we all do the best with what we got and when sometimes when we are overwhelmed it's very difficult to just like be all zen but the moment we start to project it onto others that's not okay i need yeah. to take responsibility so that's also one of the things that one of the greatest gifts of my kids because of their they are so sensitive so especially my my middle son he he was acting out a lot and we realized it was because he can he takes everything in and he transmutes so he's a transformer and so when people don't express he will do it for them so they you know then they would you know say it's something wrong with him but he was expressing what they wouldn't take ownership mm -hmm. of so it's been a great lesson for us as a family as well to take responsibility for our things so when the kids are fighting it's just like to have them all just take responsibility say sorry for the my part of this conflict not for all of it but for my part because we all have a part but otherwise it wouldn't be a conflict so uh, you know to to say hey kids I have a crappy day today. I I'm I'm in a I have PMS or you know like whatever. So I'm I'm not. So if I start to get it out, uh, you know, project it onto you, you know, just know, you know, I'm sorry, and you know, um, and that then he doesn't have to act it out. If I don't say it out loud he will then start to project a, a lot and, you know, uh, uh, you know, trigger because I haven't owned mm. that bit yet. So yeah, yeah. it's super, super to take ownership of what's going on in my own system and then claim it. And then I don't have to project to others and say, it's your fault. I'm feeling this way or, you know, create the conflict or, because it's like, it's your fault that, that I'm angry right now. No, I'm having this energy going on and it's triggering something in me. So that there will always be someone who will do that for you because you don't own it and you don't claim it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fascinating. I mean, we hear talk of, uh, you know, the ideal family being the nuclear family. And I think that model is very much outdated. And I think that, uh, the model should be based upon the way that you and your husband have raised your family. Um, this very liberating, open-minded um, approach that I think, um, you know, serves our children um, for all the different ways that you mentioned.
there, you know, saying you're not perfect by exposing them to cultures and different worldviews and not imposing any kind of rigid dogma on it. I think that's definitely the, the model that uh, we should be looking at if we really want to, you know, grow and change as people and really bring about this uh, great global examples uh, like yours and ours and how you, you've raised your family. So that, inspirational just listening to that. So just before we go then, Susanna, I know that you're working on a few things and um, as if you're not busy enough, but uh, I know you have kind of a new website in the work. And I know that um, you have created a new joint website with Ulrika. Have you, uh, could you tell us about that new website and anything else maybe that you're kind of working on? Yeah, the, the, the Ulrika and I are um, working on a second edition of Holy Fuck and Sacred Water. So uh, mm. it's, gonna, it's like a total rewrite of everything and, oh, no. you know, adding yes. and, you know, so um, we're quite excited about that because, you know, again, a lot of has changed since uh, we wrote that a yeah. couple of years ago or three years ago. God, time flies. But um, so that's what, what we are working on at the moment. And then my so basically the, these are the two major projects i'm working on at the moment so the conscious travel family uh, you know we, we it's not up um you know I, i'm not producing new materials it's like the old is there same with holy land um the pot liberty impossible show will come up uh very soon again but the frequencywonders.com that is all about uh, these magic ones that I discovered where basically I got my life back and we've been to these health, health fairs the last, um, month, the fact that I could stand on an health fair for three days. There's a lot of Wi-Fi and things. I am EMF sensitive. I've diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I've had issues with my eyes. So it's just like a lot of my projects had to be shut down two years ago now. Uh, because I couldn't work on the screen. I couldn't do anything. I, you know, I had a bleeding. They thought I was going blind. Um, and, uh, you know, got into menopause. You know, it's just like I've been a mess the last couple of years uh, physically. And uh, in October, I, I, I was introduced to this magic wand, as they call it. Uh, or we call yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, we also call it a medved dildo for those who are into that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but um, it's um, basically it's terahertz, quantum frequencies and crystal device. So it penetrates and activates your cells, your stem cells and eliminate the cells that doesn't work. And within weeks, like in two days, my fibromyalgia in, uh, pains were gone. Uh, it's almost like it, it, the EMF doesn't affect me as much anymore. You know, I still wouldn't start to, you know, use a Wi-Fi in my house and things, but, but because I know how it affects, but, but it's, it's almost like, you know, the scene in Harry Potter where the Dementors come and suck the life force out of his godfather. And then the white stag comes and he create, he creates this white field with his wand. And the Dementors, they, you know, they can't get in. 
because it's pure love. <laughs> that is the quantum field this one creates. And your your cells awakens and start to regenerate. So I, you know, I feel younger and, and more alive than I have in my whole life. And through it, for six days, it was like three days in Sweden and three days in Copenhagen, Denmark, at this fair in heels, been a full on and just like a Duracell rabbit, it just kept on going. I have so much energy, you know, it's been just, I realize how much also I, my whole life have been quite limited into I had to listen to my body to not get sick. Okay, if I'm doing the fair for two hours now, then I need to take a break for three days. Otherwise, I will be sick for months. So it's like, that's how I have navigated the last 10 years of my life. And to see how I can start to be free on a totally new level with everything I do. I and I you know, so that's just like where all my focus goes now, because people need to hear about this people need to get it's like this is the lifesaver we've been waiting for a physical emotional spiritual mental all of the things is cleared out trauma that sits in your cells it you know you can use it for anything and everyone uh on different levels so it's, it's like vaccine injured people um, we've seen, you know, people get up and walk. It's like they, we had a lady with a, came with a walker, just five minutes with a wand. And she, she left and she forgot to bring her walker. So, you know, like there's, it's amazing. You can see it in within minutes. So that, that's just like what we now are writing blogs. We are sharing and, you know, you know, bringing this out to the world because this is, like the contra, we, you know, the, the hope. This is like where, you know, we have the deep state and the, you know, all of these negative dementors sucking our life force. And now we have our type of peaceful weapon where that gives us the life force back and takes the power back. And um, so that's basically where, where uh, most of my focus goes. And it goes so well hand in hand with holy fucking sacred water because it's almost like a manifestation of everything we wrote how to clear our water how to to ignite the sparks the holy fox that's what the one does so it's like the per perfect holy fuck in itself <laughs> yeah i've uh, I, I have someone who i'm uh, close to she i mentioned her too because she would be kind of along the same thing. And then I do want to get one myself at some stage, but she was like, yeah, I've heard good things about that. Like my shaman that I know was using it and a few people. So it's definitely growing in popularity and there are people who, who you know, know about it and who are practicing it. So I was going to say, yeah. where can we find you? But you've kind of already mentioned um, your kind of main sites, but uh, for anyone who kind of doesn't know, just things that like well the podcast where can you find that and um you other can, bits and pieces yeah. um we are we are doing yeah so we we're doing um the the live the impossible website is is uh you know is is changing its look so it it is, is a bit of a mess at the moment but you can the episodes is all about all major platforms like 
Podbean and Apple and Spotify and, and all of that. There's just a few episodes on Spotify that's been censored, but, <laughs> you know. Um, um, but, uh, it, but otherwise, it's on livetheimpossible.today. Frequencywonders.com is now where I put most of my energy on that. The books are all on Amazon, you know. Uh, my do you last want anyone name, to, because um, I know that Ulrika was, was kind of mentioning that, I don't know if this is something you're interested in, but someone that I know was interested in purchasing one of her books and she had kind of said, well, you know, like I can uh, send you one personally, you know, like a signed mm -hmm. copy. So just so that you're not kind of giving money to these super enormous yes. Absolutely, I can ship. So I uh, yes, you can get a signed copy of all my books. Um, I think uh, the only place at the moment where I have all the books gathered is at the the conscious travel family.com. And again, that's that website is also about to change so that it looks a bit crappy at the moment. So, so it's all of it because it, they sh we changed the design we removed a plug which means that the whole website it gets messed up and yeah so we we're working on that uh, all the websites to uh, of those websites but um there, there you can find all the books you can read about the books on amazon and then reach out um, you can send me an email at susanna s-u-s-a-n-n-a -N -N -A at frequencywonders.com and uh yeah get a signed copy <laughs> now the dog is... we go, Susanna, it's been some joy understanding all of this stuff and getting getting to know you for me personally better but hopefully for to get other people you know to get to know you better and um obviously you'll be back again with uh and another kind of joint interview and we'll just when you said there's going to be another edition of Holy Fucking Secret Water Publics, I was like, oh no, it's taken me three interviews to get through the first edition. <laughs> <laughs> be <another> three. <laughs> Who knows, maybe. But look, have you got some sort of inspirational thought, quote, something that you want to say to people who are starting down along this path? Because it, it could be pretty intimidating for people who are kind of maybe starting off in this path and like you have so much about you, you do so much, you have so many titles, and I think that could be a little bit intimidating for people going, oh my God, I, I, I could never be there, you know? So yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, but I really want people to know that we all do our best with what we got, and there's no way, we can't fuck this up, you know? We are exactly where we're supposed to be, and and the, the, it's part of the life's journey is to really explore this and you know so so just take care of yourself and you know be curious to know yourself and, and you know you don't, you don't have to to uh you know compare yourself with anyone else because you are there's only one you you're perfect just as you are and and we all have our shitty programs we all have our, you know, negative sides or whatever, but it's not who you are. So, so you know, 
love yourself and take care of yourself as you would like other people to treat you. And my mom, she used to say that, you know, like that when someone was acting weird or being mean or whatever, she always says, it's like, oh, can you imagine how much they must hurt within for them to do that? So instead of judging yourself or, you know, acknowledge your pain, it's okay. We all have our shit. We all have been through, but it doesn't define who you are. And to play and have fun, to explore, to live the impossible. Amazing, amazing. Susanna, thank you so, so much for agreeing to do this. Uh, we've got it done in the end. Well, it will be a recording. We end done after weeks and weeks of trying after the hiccups <laughs> that we had this morning. But I'm so, so glad we got it done because you're such an inspirational figure and such uh, so full of knowledge and trying to serve in so many ways. And I do hope that, that um, other people can see what I can see. So thank you so, so much for doing this. Oh, and I will look forward to so seeing much. you soon. Yes. You're welcome. Likewise. Take thank you care. so much. Bye. You too. Bye.